Hello, and welcome to Newton's Darkroom Presents Broadcast, monthly updates from the Newton's Darkroom Collective. In this episode, we see the start of yet another one of our creative endeavors, and it begins where most things begin, a classic children's game. We'll get to that in just a second, but first, I want to tell you about Cal Island Cassettes. Cal Island Cassettes is our newest branch, and it is a bona fide tape label. What's a tape label? Well, it's kind of like a record label, but for cassettes. We offer recording, packaging, and duplication to put your art to tape. Maybe you're an indie band and want some cool merch to sell at your show. Or maybe you're an audio drama that wants to give a cassette master cut to patrons. Whatever your goals are, we can help you get there. For more information, visit newtonsdarkroom.com slash calisland, or follow us on social media at calislandtapes. That's C-A-L-I-S-L-A-N-D. Cal Island Cassettes, for all your cassette needs. Now, back to the broadcast. The Floor's Lava is an innocent game played by bored kids when they are stuck inside their house for whatever reason. And when I say bored kids, I don't mean bored as in they don't know what to do with their free time. I mean bored as in boards of wood. Don't get me wrong, the game would eventually spread to human kids, but it actually got its start with young planks of wood. See, we humans die when we touch lava. That is a largely accepted scientific principle. Even though we die when we touch lava, we can actually get pretty close before it causes damage. I think that's why the floor's lava resonates so well with us. It reminds us that we're alive and durable. It's a jovial game but not for bored kids. For bored kids, it is a game of literal survival. If they so much as get close to the lava or stay in one place too long, they will burst into flames. To the bored kids, the floor's lava is so much more than a childhood game. It's training. Like when baby tigers sneak up on their mom to learn how to hunt. You see, bored kids, as we've established, are made of wood. And you may not know this, but some kinds of trees need fire to reproduce. When fire hits the pine cones, it actually opens them up, allowing them to spread their seeds across the forest. Every board kid has their roots in the flame. The same flame, actually. The board kids were all born on Oak Island, a lush mass of land about 100 miles or so west of our home on Cal Island. Oak Island has plenty of trees, sure, that's why it got the name Oak Island, but it also has a volcano. And at the center of the volcano's bubbling orange top of lava is another island a floating rock somehow impervious to the heat. On this rock is a tree, a thick tree, an old tree. This tree is the grandparent of the bored kids and every year for Thanksgiving, they return home. If they want to partake in the festivities and give their grandparent a hug, they have to hop across rocks floating on lava to get to the center of the volcano. The floor is lava is not just a game to them, it's the key to their family. Now, you may be wondering, why am I telling you all of this? Well, like I said, Cal Island is about halfway between the mainland of California and the volcanic Oak Island. A lot of the bored children make a pit stop at our humble abode when they make their Thanksgiving trek. And we love it. We always cook a big buffet-style dinner, make a bonfire on the beach, sing, and have a grand old time. It's one of our favorite parts of the year. My personal favorite part is when we help the bored kids practice with a game of the floor's lava. It's great. We turn the whole island into a giant course. The ruins of the old suburban buildings are perfect for this, and we normally spend weeks before their arrival setting it all up. Sometimes we have a theme, like Space the Floor is Lava, where we played at night and taped glow sticks everywhere. Sometimes we keep things traditional and let the atmosphere of the island speak for itself. 
This year, we chose traditional. We like it because it gives us a chance to explore Cal Island a bit and see it from a new perspective. After spending all week setting up the course, it was finally time for the board kids to arrive. We stood by the beach with arms full of handmade necklaces, which were just seashells tied to some string. Sure enough, right on time, the board kids started washing up on the shore. Because they were planks of wood, they would just lie down on the ocean and let it carry them where they needed to go. We helped them up, draped a necklace around them, and watched as they waddled their way to the buffet. After most had arrived, the eating space was filled with chatter and reunions. Once all the food was gone, it was time to begin the game. We explained the rules just so everyone was on the same page about expectations. First, no one was allowed in the compound house. Second, you could not stay in one place for more than five seconds. And third, if you touched the ground, which we defined as the sand, ashes, or any concrete that was meant to be stepped on, then you were out. Everyone agreed, eager to start. We spread them out across the island, helped them onto their starting platforms, then hurried back to our own. This was the floor's lava after all. It's quite fun and we definitely wanted to play. The Cal Island caretakers were the judges and the Roombas were honorary junior judges, although they're really just excited to have so many people here. With everyone in their positions, AI-482 rang the big bell attached to the back of its shed and the game begun. The floor's lava is an interesting game because it isn't exactly competitive. The goal is for everyone to hug their ancestor tree. Despite this, we see a lot of petty competitiveness when they practice. We try to nip this in the bud. We spend some of our time teaching balancing techniques, strategic planning, and the like, but we also teach them how to work together. I was standing over by the ruins on Cal Island when I noticed someone exhibiting poor sportsman behavior. There were three board kids gridlocked on a couple of concrete pylons. They couldn't stay in one place too long, and they were all yelling, all frustrated at each other. That's when I saw one of the board kids shove another player off the pylon and into the rubble of the ruin. I rushed over. Hey, you can't do that. You need to work together. The board kid looked at me, toothpick hanging from between his teeth, and said, Yeah, well, I don't give a darn toot about teamwork. He stuck out his tongue at me, but that took his focus from his balancing. He slipped off the concrete pylon and landed next to the other board kid. He let out a sharp yelp. I rushed over to check if he was okay. He was moaning in pain when I picked him up, and I noticed that, that he was splintering on his backside. He must have smacked against something in the rubble. Something I've never noticed out here before. It, it was some kind of hard metal corner. I brushed away the dust, and it revealed more. A lot more. I called out to the caretakers and asked them to bring over a couple of shovels. Uh, and a bandage for the board kid. After taking care of the board kid, we roped off the ruins to begin our excavation. There were still plenty of island left for the board kids to practice on while we dug. And we dug a lot. We kept on digging and digging until we revealed a large metal sign. The neon tubes were cracked and long dead, but they spelled out words. Cal Island Cassettes. This wasn't just the ruins of one of the suburban homes. This was something different. We kept digging. We unearthed shelves and shelves of cassettes, old tape decks, racks, and all kinds of tape treasures. We brought them all back to the commune and laid them out in the workshop. We had uncovered an entire cassette production studio right here in our humble Cal Island home. After the floor's lava concluded and the board kids began the rest of their floating trek, we gathered the collective in the room. What were we going to do with all of this new equipment? Julia Sawbone suggested we open up a museum. Sofia Rivera wanted to sell it to repair some of the window frames in the house. 
Esso and So wanted to gut out all the electronics and turn the thing into affordable housing for New Artesia. While I am all in favor of affordable housing, this seemed like a waste of precious resources, especially considered the city of New Artesia was happily built on rotten food. In the end, it was Sumpra Pepnia who made the winning suggestion. We should start a tape label. Yes, of course, a tape label. We could help bolster our local music scene by offering an affordable and personalized way of putting their music out on a physical medium. It was perfect. The collective nodded in agreement, excited by the possibilities. We all helped to erect the old Cal Island cassette sign on the ruins where we found it. I don't think we had much of a choice when naming this tape label. We called it Cal Island Cassettes, and we are going to use it to promote local music to the best of our abilities. You just listened to Newton's Dark Room Presents. This episode was created and performed by Talon Stradley. You can find more information on this show, The Collective, and our other podcasts at newtonsdarkroom.com. You can also follow us on social media at Newton's Dark Room to stay up to date on whatever we're working on. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Produced by Newton's Dark Room.